Hey guys, welcome to Turn Em Loose, a podcast about bird dogs and bird hunting. Uh, before we get started, I just want to remind you to go ahead and like it and subscribe and share. Uh, if you subscribe, then you'll be able to get the new episodes as they come out and you won't have to go searching. Well, let's get right to it. Well, guys, I've got a sponsor, a new sponsor for the podcast, and it's Electronic Shooters Protection, ESP for short, and the website is ESPAmerica.com, and they are exactly what it sounds like. They manufacture electronic uh, ear uh, sound attenuators, um, so what, uh, what I did is a... Uh, uh, I reached out to him and said, listen, I can, I'm practically deaf um, and I really like your product. I'd like to give it a try. It sounds like it's perfect for what I need. I went and got a hearing test and found out that, in fact, uh, nothing about any of my hearing is in the normal range. Uh, doctor said, uh, your right ear is about shot. Your left ear is not far behind it. Uh, he said, you're a left-handed shooter, aren't you? And I said, yes, I am. So apparently it's uh, noticeable, and I just thought my wife had been whispering all these years, and so I'm sorry, honey, it's me, not you. But anyway, um, these guys take uh, your ear molds that you have made and send into them, and they manufacture form-fit protection for each ear, and they will protect your ear from any noise over 90 decibels, which is... What it takes, um, it takes noise above that to damage the nerve in your ear, and that's what uh, will contribute to tinnitus or tinnitus, as they say, and also permanent hearing loss. Uh, I'm not sure if it's always all the shooting that was involved. It might have been the fact that I spent almost all of my life around jet airplanes. Uh, flying them and just being around them. But uh, either way, I thought I was being careful with ear protection and, you know, you know how that goes when you're growing up. I'm 68, so apparently it's uh, taking a toll on my ears. Um, I sent my stuff off to them, which was a copy of my latest hearing test and a the uh, ear molds that I had made. Uh, and they said that they would get my ear attenuators back to me in 10 to 11 days. It took exactly 10 days. So they are here. I've put them in. I put the batteries in. The batteries last uh, about six weeks. I put the batteries in and uh, in fact it's pretty it's pretty amazing. It is really amazing. Uh, I wore them all day just for yucks just to see how they work. Uh, they pretty much uh, I mean, I've never had hearing aids, so I don't know how they work, but uh, I could hear things that I wasn't hearing before. I was hearing birds chirp that I didn't even know or existed. Um, and so this is going to be wonderful for hunting because I'll be able to hear those birds flush, which is getting to be a real problem in field trials and uh, in uh, bird hunting, wild bird hunting as well. So as we go through this and I get more acquainted with my ESP ear attenuators, uh, sound attenuators. I'll let you know more about it, but right now it's uh, ESPAmerica.com. Thanks.
Okay, well, I'm here with Wes Sowards, and he's the Assistant Director of Wildlife in Kansas. And I figured that since we're primarily a bird hunting podcast, that uh, I'd call around. I've, I've already talked to the folks up in Montana. And so um, Wes and I are talk a little bit about the walk-in hunting areas in Kansas and also WMAs and and any other place that he's got cubbies marked. So we'll get, uh, we'll get, uh, <laughs> he promised me we'll get GPS coordinates for cubbies and roosters. So this should be very good. So, yeah, that, that would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wes, are you a bird hunter? I am. And, I uh, am. What kind, what kind of dogs do you have? I don't have dogs. That's the only downside to my kind of bird hunting. Don't yeah, have any yeah. dogs. I got a lot of young kids right now, and we're 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 getting there, but yeah, not, not yet. Yeah. Well, I, you'd be surprised how many people hunt birds without dogs. And uh, so I was. Oh, just I'm one make, of those. I was I was just going to make a joke about a breed of dog, and then say, well, they might as well not have a dog, but I better not do that. So, <laughs> well, I hunt so. with my brother's lab every once in a while, so occasionally a lab I'll bring with us. So yeah. I, I know a guy that hunts just about everything with labs and does really well. And, uh, you know, they, they say the lab's got about the best nose of any dog. Uh, Absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, and they're great, great on pheasant and so on like that. So, well, um, the Hunter Walk-In area, how long has that program been around in Kansas? So, um, it began, Walk-In Hunting Access Program began in Kansas in 1995. So, um, we're, we're coming up next year on about 25 years of the walk-in hunting program. And, uh, you know, it's been, I guess it's been successful. I mean, uh, everybody knows about it. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, when I tell people uh, where to go hunt in the country, uh, typically I start them out in Kansas because it's uh, kind of a low threat as far as dangers to the dogs. And uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of land there and uh, a lot of land available to hunt. And so uh, that walk-in hunting area is wonderful. So. Yeah, absolutely. If it, you know, quite frankly, if it weren't for that program, Kansas would probably not be the first place you'd send people. Um, yeah. Just just quite frankly, you know, with, with our public land, we've got about 300,000 acres. Uh-huh. So without, without walk-in hunting, yeah, it'd be kind of hard to, to find a place and to find a place to yourself or at least, kind of by yourself so yeah it has been very successful in that regard so yeah that's funny you should mention that because we um quail and and i'm not really positive quail and pheasant open on the same day but uh i don't think they do i think they, uh, do, they, they? do now yeah they do okay mm-hmm. okay yeah it's 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 kind of hard to get a good spot to yourself <laughs> so yeah it, absolutely. and even even with the walking uh <laughs> Okay. Okay, I'm back I'm back with Wes now and uh so uh the uh, landowners what's their incentive to get into this program? Um probably the the primary incentive for for our walking hunting program is their access payment that they'll receive on an annual basis. Uh-huh. Um and we've kind of revamped that a little bit this so probably just a year ago in 2018 to kind of bump that up a little bit and we also changed the structure of it so it it it, it basically ties um directly to habitat type and some other factors um 
but but generally they're gonna they're gonna get an access payment of a, a, a pretty it depends on where you're at in the state in the east where we have less walk in you're gonna get a little bit higher rate than out uh-huh. in the west but but certainly the access payments are fair and uh, uh really a, a positive um part of the walk-in hunting program. And then on top of that, they're going to receive um, some limited liability coverage. And basically what that is, is it's limited liability per per statute. So it's it's in Kansas law um, that, that basically says if you're doing anything, um, if you're doing everything out there legal and in normal hunting, um, Basically, you're, you're, you're carrying out normal hunting activities out there, then the landowner is not going to be held liable for that. So, right. it's, it's not, right. a lot of people think it's, it's, it's an insurance policy. It is not. We're not covering any sort of, um, payouts or anything like that, but we are, um, covering your liability in, in Kansas law that you won't be held liable. Yeah, and that's, I guess that's a huge issue, so that's great. Mm-hmm, absolutely. That is great. So how could the guy, um, how could a guy find out where these areas are? Um, we publish an, an atlas, a printed atlas every year, um, and they'll be at all of our licensed vendors. So Walmart carries a bunch of them. Our, our, our regional offices carry them. But anybody who, who is a licensed vendor for our agency um, will have these atlases. They're also online. Um, you can download the atlas and print them if you wish. Um, we also have an online atlas, so an online map in real time um, that will show you all anything that has changed since we printed that atlas. So we have a uh-huh. basically we're very flexible in our walk-in hunting leasing program. So we're we're leasing properties pretty much year round whenever we can get them signed up. So it, it adds a lot of flexibility, but it also adds um, to the atlas. So the only way we could we could fix that issue is to have an online map where you can go and see what's been added, what's been taken out, right. um, all the new stuff. So. so if there's any questions, if you're out there and you got a good signal, then you can just go online and make sure that where you're at is where you're supposed to be mm-hmm. and that it, that it is in the program. And that's, that's the up-to-date. No yep. kidding. Okay. And you can download that stuff to your GPS. We've also got the GPS data files in there. Um, and you can download it to oh, your perfect. phone, uh, any smartphone, um, with, with, with Google Maps. So, yeah, well, that's a lot great. of options. Yep. That's great. I mean, it's a lot better than we used to do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> kind of, I remember having to, you know, and I got to tell you something. The worst way to figure out what's in and what's out, or on the res, as I call it, is to ask the farmer. Because I have I have been in trouble, and I swear he told me that I could go down to that road and hunt down that way until I got to another road and come back this way, and and it, I wasn't really in trouble, but I you yeah. know I came back and I told him where I was, and he goes, oh, you were off my land. And I said, wait a minute, I thought you know I can't tell you how many times because they're so familiar. I mean, they grew up there probably, you know, yeah. and it's been in the family for 150 years. And, you know, they forget that a flatlander like me just doesn't, uh, uh, sometimes I just can't figure it out. No, but, um, so that's good we have all this stuff. And, uh, and we can stay right on the, right on the money. So is there an extra fee to hunt this land? No. Okay. Nope. So that's, that's included in our, uh, yep. Basically, if you're, if you're legal to hunt, you're legal to, to go on those lands. 
Yeah. During the times that they're posted, so. Right, right. Yep. Yeah. And I remember, uh, I remember a lot of them, almost all of them that I saw looked like they'd be great quail and pheasant habitat. Mm -hmm. So do you guys work towards that? Is that sort of a goal? Um, yeah, I think so. Randy, I think, you know, when we initially started this program up, it was definitely geared towards that. It was geared towards upland bird hunting. Um, really geared towards CRP tracts. Um, a lot of that stuff where we could guarantee that the habitat would be out there. Um, and CRP was a good way to, to have a little bit of a guarantee. Um, now since then we branched out a little bit and we certainly do have a focus to our, to our upland bird program because that's one of the things in our in our R3 efforts, I'm sure you've heard that word, recruitment, retention, reactivation, to getting kids out hunting. Um, one of the biggest drop-offs we've seen is, is in our resident upland bird hunters. We don't have as many. We have a lot more deer hunters, a lot more turkey hunters, waterfowl hunters now. Um, so we definitely recognize the importance to have that good upland bird habitat opportunity out there on the landscape so that, they've, so that we can continue to recruit. Up on up on game hunters, so right, right. It's important going forward with with how we're funded and all that um, to make sure that that we've got a, a good amount of upland bird hunters in our state. So, but do you notice an did you know do you notice an uptick in state hunters coming in for absolutely upland game? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that and obviously deer hunting, non-resident deer hunters. But oh, okay. That's that's our biggest. Um, non-resident clientele in our state for hunting for sure but but yeah even in, in upland game birds uh, non-residents are are helping to carry that load for sure yeah now what about your wmas how does that program fit in um basic so our public our public land areas um they all you know i'm not in our public lands division but i can speak to it a little bit like okay. i said we have about 300,000 acres um of, of public lands most of that, I believe, is is open to hunting, but they also have, you know, each di different public land area or WMA has different rules. Um, so there's that to keep in mind. Um, we also have a an online, um, basically an online check-in system that we've oh. employed on oh. some of our public land areas. Most nice. of our most of our wetland management areas, I believe we got this online in about 2014 so we're about our fifth year now um on some of those it's given us some really good data within that you must check in to hunt these areas you're also reporting harvest when you check out so we're getting a little bit of harvest information however skewed that may be there's some biases there obviously um, yeah i know i know it's talking with, about. with pulling that out but we have started to 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 piece a little bit of that data together and, and really seeing some some utility to that data to make some management decisions and um, maybe change ch change some hunting regs and different different WMAs to to fit what we're seeing data wise from the hunters. Um, um, beyond that, uh, our WMAs work pretty much simultaneously with our walk-in hunting areas. They're different signs, but really it's they're open. The difference is our public lands are open to to different users. So you can go on there to shed hunt. You can go on there to mushroom hunt. Those sorts of things. Our walk-in hunting areas, or we lease the hunting rights only. <clears throat> so technically, you can't go out 
on the land to scout. You can't go on the land to um, in advance just to put up a deer stand, those sorts of things. But you, I mean, if you're hunting that day, it's no big deal. But but right. generally, right. it's it's good to get that point across. We are leasing the hunting rights only on those lands. So okay. <clears throat> and you talked about funding. Uh, so where does most of your funding come from? Um, funding for for both of those, well, a walk-in hunting program I could speak to at length is is from the uh, federal excise taxes on firearms and ammunition. So that was the Pittman-Robertson Act um, in the yeah. 1930s that basically brought on this additional funding through excise tax on on primarily firearms, ammunition, also bow hunting equipment. I don't know if you know this or or your listeners know this, but it's it's something I learned very recently that I thought was just it really spoke to how much this this funding is and how much it assists the states um you get we get about fifty yeah fifty one cents per arrow shaft that is sold goes into wildlife restoration fund that that oh. in turn goes out to the states. There's a calculation there um based on land area and license sales, so the more licenses a state sells, the more federal funding they can get through this wildlife restoration program. Now, there's also wow. a sport fish side to it that our fisheries division u- utilizes um, from fishing license sales, also from um, fishing gear and, and tackle and, and boat fuel and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah. so our state gets, you know... I believe this year we're going to get about $11 million from that wildlife restoration fund, just to put it into perspective. So um, so our walk-in hunting program um, itself uses about $3 million of that. Um, so, And we have to match that with 25% state funds. That's how that works. So you get okay. 75% federal funding um, to 25% state funding. And our 25% State funding is all license or license fee dollars. So this right. walk-in hunting is, is funded by license fees and excise tax on firearms and ammunition. Ammunition is okay. the big one um, for every state. Ammunition really, really holds that 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 figure where it is because um, firearms really fluctuate from year to year, but ammunition seems to really really keep that funding mechanism alive for sure. So interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, um, you know, I had uh uh oh, one thing we were talking about I sent us to the farmers uh, to sign on. Did you know in Montana they throw in a free hunting license too? <laughs> really? I did not know that. Yeah. No, that's pretty, well, that pretty cool. I hope I can just misspeak, but I think I'm, I think it was right. I think I remember that. But anyway, I have to just do the here and there. I just well, I'm interested kind of in looking looking into any option that'll get us get us an know, opportunity out there. So. Believe it or not, uh, I think uh, you know I'm probably going to be totally wrong on this now. But uh, you know, I just did that interview not not too long ago, and um, and I think the guy, the, the fellow, was telling me he was saying, you know, it's uh, and <laughs> a lot of the the ranchers and farmers. You know, they appreciate that. It's just some one of those little things that. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, so what? There's no skin off the face. I mean, what, what do they carry? I mean, you know, it's not losing much. Yeah. So, uh, well, it's just you know, important. along those same lines, we do have, you know, outside of the monetary payment and those sort of things, we're, um, 
we've got some other things that we can offer um, within our shop. So we also do um, – basically, I'm in charge of our, all of our private lands, biologists and programs. And, and one of our other programs um, is our habitat program, where we cost share with landowners to improve habitat on their properties. So anybody right. who's enrolled in walk-in hunting – um, we basically will cost share a hundred percent on any of our habitat stuff. So, really, nothing wow. out of their pocket to improve habitat on these acres that we have access to, that the public has access to hunt. So, we've got some other mechanisms built within our our division to 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 help these guys out a little bit more, um, just for uh-huh. the program. So, excellent, <laughs> excellent. Okay. Well, now um, you've got some Army Corps of engineers property mm-hmm. in the state. What about areas around that Army Corps? That is, can, that, I don't know if you can speak to that or not, but uh, are there hunting opportunities around that Corps of Engineer property as well? Um, I'll try to speak to it a little bit. I think the majority of that stuff is private land from my understanding. Uh-huh. Um, so most of it would not be accessible to hunting unless, yeah, obviously unless we have a walk-in hunting lease or um, some of that ground is owned by local conservation districts, that sort of thing, and they've got right. they've got some some localized agreements on on what can take place out there. Maybe it's just a, a Cub Scout group, or they give wildlife tours out there and stuff like that. It's generally not open to hunting. Um, right. That's right. my understanding. It's it's probably going to be a case by case basis. On a lot yeah. of that stuff, but the majority of it being private private ownership. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do do all the areas have some sort of a parking area? Um. Yes, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Any of those that have a, uh, I believe any of our public lands that was paid for through this those wildlife restoration funds have to be ADA compliant. So I believe they've got they've. You know, they're um, disabled areas and, and parking areas on on almost every one of our public lands. We've got some little satellite properties that were purchased a long time ago. Not really sure why they don't have really any accessibility at all. Some of them are in, don't even have fences on them or are just being grazed by the adjacent landowner for the last 50 years. Um, but a lot of those are really tiny um out in western Kansas and um, probably don't have any of those facilities. But um, the majority of our public lands that are in our hunting atlas um, have have parking. Now, you mentioned ADA compliant. I've got a couple of friends here that actually have to ride uh, ADAs to field trial with and and they're, they're otherwise disabled. So can they hunt off of those? On some of these properties, um, I, I believe they can hunt on most of our public lands. I, I wish I could speak to that a little bit more. I believe it's there are probably certain areas that are designated um, uh-huh. just for those sorts of activities. I, you know, our public lands are, are quite a bit different than walk-in hunting. Walk-in hunting, you cannot. It's walk-in only. I got um, you. I got you. So, pretty much takes that. Part of it so when you say which, public lands, you're talking about the WMAs. WMAs, yeah. So those, okay. I believe, you you can. I, I don't know if it's on all of them, but I believe most of them will have that that ability. Okay. 
So, we can check into that. Yeah. yeah. We can check into that. So. Well, uh, I guess we're getting pretty close to the end of the time here. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, um. Well, I had one other thing. We've got a new program that we kicked off, oh, about a year and a half ago, um, called our, basically, what I call our iWeehaw program, or interactive walk-in hunting. Um, one of the biggest concerns that we've had um, with walk-in hunting in this first 24 years is we still haven't been able to get a whole lot of acreage in our biggest, um, in our urban areas, so Kansas City, Lawrence, Topeka, and then down around Wichita. Really struggled to get access, and one of the biggest reasons that is is because they didn't, they wanted a limited use type of hunting opportunity. They didn't want it open to everybody every day. Um, and that's, you know, that paired with, you know, our lease incentives weren't, weren't necessarily high enough out there um, to compete with some of the outfitters and that sort of thing. And we're still dealing with that. That'll just be something we deal with for probably for as long as we have this program. We're going to deal with private leases. Um, mm-hmm. But for the most part, um, we've <clears> – so we now have the ability with this IWEHA program to limit use on the track. So our biologists will work directly with the landowner in these urban areas to um, basically say how many people are going to be out there each day, um, what type of hunting can occur, what days is it closed. We can do all of these sort of things, be really flexible, and – then they'll go online to this iSportsman program that we have on our public lands, um, and it gives us the ability to set a limit on each of those properties. So only one person can sign in at any given point in time. Uh-huh. Or some of them we have two two groups can come on, and they can bring two kids with them, so four total. But only two people will check in. Um, in the first – last fall was the first full fall that we had um, this – program online we had about 21 tracts enrolled in these big urban areas and real real quality tracts that hadn't seen much hunting access at all Um, and we had over 900 just about 900 check-ins on those 21 properties a year ago Um, so it's the hunters like it everything i've heard for the most part has been real real positive they get a good quality experience and don't have to worry about anybody kind of moving in on them throughout the day uh-huh. so yeah um, it's been real positive i've seen some really nice harvests last year some really nice whitetail harvests a lot of waterfowl um just been real positive so today actually our spring turkey season starts our youth season and we've got 23 tracks enrolled in this program uh-huh. um just about 4,000 acres offered for a limited use quality hunting opportunity so um, that's really all the only other real thing I wanted to mention. We also have, um, we also have long-term walk-in hunting properties that we signed up through a federal program called the Voluntary Public Access Habitat Incentive Program. So VPA HIP is what it's called federally. And that was 100% federal funds that we got awarded, um, to Kansas. We got about, million of that um, Uh over the past five years. And we've spent it all very quickly. And what we did with that program was we tied it to CRP. Um, So 
a CRP contract, if it were 10 years, we'd sign it up for public hunting access for that 10 years, and we'd pay it all up front. So they got a big, kind of a big carrot right at the front of the deal, um, get a pretty, pretty significant payment. Um, and then we've got it locked in for about 10 or 15 years. Oh, so yeah. it really supplements our, our annual walk-in hunting um, program by having that stuff that we can count on long-term. So Yeah. Okay. So, well, okay. I guess we reached the rest of our, uh, the end of our time, Wes, and I really appreciate talking with you. I think, uh, I mean, I've learned a lot out of this, and my listeners, and uh, um, I hope to talk to you again, Tom. I appreciate it. All right. Appreciate it, Randy. Okay. Thank you very much. All Bye. right. Take care. Bye. that's it my friends for this episode I hope you enjoyed it I am always looking for suggestions and you can leave a message on the anchor app and it will come directly to me or you can go to my blog abirdhunterstoughts.com and leave a message there or you can go to Facebook and my page is abirdhunterstoughts.com Dash, turn them loose. Any one of those ways you can leave me a message and uh, I'll get it. And uh, I'll probably read some of the comments on the air later on. Got a book coming out. It's called Endless October. It'll be on Amazon. Uh, paperback will be out shortly and a Kindle edition just a little bit after that. And don't forget to try and be the man your dog, bird dog thinks you are. Happy hunting. <laughs>